Oh, hey, girl. It's Tess Rouse and Christina Beattie. We're the co-hosts and creators of Authentically Wild. A podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life, relationships, and your healing journey. So get ready, girl. Shit's about to get wild. Today, we're going to talk about the ebbs and flows of relationships. When you think of all your relationships, whether that be friendship, marriage, family, long-term partners, each of them play a different role in your life. Perhaps some serve a single purpose and then they're gone. Some may be lifelong friends where you're always connected, always learning, teaching, and going through life's phases together. And some can fit somewhere in the middle. Those relationships that you just pick up where you left off. But too often we find ourselves trying to maintain relationships that are no longer serving us or relationships that just aren't in alignment with the phases or seasons that we're in. Think about it. You only have so much energy and time. If you never allow any connections to fall away, how can you be open to what life wants to bring in for you? So why do we do this? And what exactly does it cost us? Hi. Hello. This is a special one. It really is. We're in person, (laughs) y'all. Can you believe that? Our first one. It's a very different vibe. It is. We're staring at each other right now, looking deep into each other's eyes. It's a little bit, it's a little bit vulnerable. (laughs) Basically going to be our best one because of it. Yep. So we're going to talk about ebbs and flows of relationships, Mm -hmm. which probably every single person listening to this podcast has experienced at one point Mm -hmm. in their lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's, it's pretty evident that every person in your life plays a specific role, right? They Mm -hmm. serve a different purpose. People can be lifelong friends. Some can fit somewhere in the middle. You know, I reflect on my past and current relationships and it amazes me how some have come to be. Like some have just randomly entered into my life when I least expected it. Mm-hmm. Some become instant friends. Many dissolve out as maybe they change or they go into a different phase of life. A few friendships have definitely come to an abrupt close, like a door being slammed shut. Mm-hmm. Um, and others drift in and out like effortlessly, sort of like a hummingbird. Um, but I've come to this place in my life where I don't really hold sort of any of those changes too tightly, but instead like really embracing, letting them just sort of ebb and flow through my life. But so often mm-hmm. I see people holding on to those relationships and it literally costing them so much, like their energy, any new things that life's meant to bring in. And it's, it's, it's so interesting once you start looking into this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to clarify there. Do you feel like that's because you've released a bit of expectation there or where do you think that change has occurred for mm-hmm. you? Definitely. I think in part to my, my healing journey, just understanding and accepting that, you know, people in relationship is where a lot of our trauma happens, mm-hmm. right? A lot of the, the damage or lessons happen. Mm-hmm. And then if we're not willing to allow those people to come in or out or stay in our lives, right? It, it's sort of almost a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Not that anybody wants hurt to happen or pain to happen, but if you can kind of change your mindset, which I, I really do feel like I'm in the process of doing and have done. Mm-hmm. Also, it's just easier to accept like shit happens in life, right? People mm-hmm. are going to hurt you. It's, it's, it's inevitable. Not everyone. Some people are going to be your supporters. Some people are going to be the people that pull you out of pain. But, you know, I think if you have this mindset that every relationship you create, you have to maintain forever. Mm-hmm. I think you're putting yourself in a prison or a trap, right? That's really not, I don't think, how life is meant to unfold in terms of relationships. Yeah. And it makes me think too not just with relationships, but like these expectations that we put on 
relationships, career, anything to do with our lives. And it's almost like it's something that's ingrained in us at a young age of this is how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to have the job and you're supposed to get retired at a certain age and it's supposed to look like this. And if there's one thing that I've really learned on my own journey, it's that actually the more fluid you can be with it all, the way less pain and suffering and constriction you feel. And it just becomes so much easier. But that is a practice in itself, Mm -hmm. like a big practice. I think too, like once you start healing a lot of, you know, your own trauma and pain, you you can have that outlook on your relationships like that Mm -hmm. too, right? Because- I think too often people take everything personally. Oh, that person hasn't called me. Oh, they're not making as much of an effort as they used to. And it's like, well, maybe that has actually nothing to do with you. Mm, And it often doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But we think it does. Yes. And then we put that expectation, like you're being a shitty friend or you're being a crappy whatever. And it's like, no, no, that's actually not it. But again, right. It's all about like the self when you're in that sort of, sort of vicious cycle of, yeah. And, and the piece that came up too, there was the projecting. And I think when we do start to do our own work for me, for sure, I saw that so much of my life, I projected things onto other people, projected ex- expectations onto other people, projected pain onto other people. And then it was like, I dove into my own stuff. It was like this interesting process of seeing what I was doing. It was like coming back into myself and stopping all of those habits. Interestingly, I was talking about this a little bit with you and and we wanted to bring it up here was I've been noticing in soul readings that I've been doing lately, the records are showing a lot around soul roles that people will play. So for anybody who is not spiritual, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory here. The readings that I do are in the Akashic records. And this is in a way, an energetic database of all of your soul's experiences, lives, karmic lessons, patterns, emotions, like all that good stuff. And I can go in and access all this information for anyone when I'm doing a reading. And what they've shown me is that in all of our experiences, you know, our our soul chooses to come down here and have a human experience to work through some really important lessons on a soul level, and that we will have contracts with other souls to help us learn these lessons. Mm -hmm. And that um, what they've been showing me lately is this idea of soul roles. These people who are in our lives, these souls who are in our lives will often play certain roles. And the more roles they have in our lives, the greater they contribute to our soul experience and our soul growth and our soul expansion in this lifetime. And so different roles could be something like, do they challenge you? Do they love and support you? Do they teach you something? And so those would be just a few different examples of roles that someone would play. And what's interesting is that as I actually look at this in other people's lives, and especially my own, the more roles somebody has played in my life, and I think about, you know, my son, Max, in particular, he plays a lot of different roles, the greater growth and expansion there is in that container with that person. It's really, really interesting stuff. That really is. I think even about my most deepest connections with specific people over my lifetime thus far and typically that's where the biggest lessons Mm -hmm. have been learned right yeah it's really interesting I love the soul human experience piece and I think that's really helpful for people listening yeah and 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 that can be something to be used here as well like as we're talking about the ebb and flow of relationships is as you're starting to take inventory of the relationships in your life maybe what could be helpful here is thinking about what are the different roles that somebody plays in your life maybe they fulfilled those roles and that's another piece is sometimes what I've come to learn and this has brought me a lot of peace on my own journey and I'll dig into this with 
my, my marriage piece as well is that I truly believe that we fulfill contracts with other souls. And there's a lot of peace that can be felt in the acceptance of that. It's like, hey, we really did something great here and our, our contract kind of ended. And, you know, some people would think that maybe that's a detached way of looking at it. But for me, that's brought a lot of peace in terms of my own journey and being able to move along in flow. And I think stay on track and, and allow space for other relationships to come in and other people to fill new roles. Exactly. Yeah. We, we've talked before about that analogy. Imagine you have your arms out and every kind of person in your life is, is like a, a dodgeball or volleyball and your arms are full of balls, right? Mm-hmm. And so if the universe or whatever you believe in is kind of throwing new relationships or even new opportunities at you, but your hands are full, you can't catch anything new. You have no space for anything new. You have no energy, no Mm -hmm. time. And so you need to kind of take inventory of those balls once in a while. Yeah. Who is still serving a purpose? Who is still pushing me? Where have I stagnated though? Where am I feeling? Ooh, like, you know, when you kind of fizzle out in a friendship, but you like, you do the coffee thing anyway, and it's, a bit awkward and not really mm-hmm. but you do it for some reason out of guilt out of you know what society tells you you should do but like your time is precious mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and if you're here to get the most out of life well you have to make space then and, and I think that's viewed so negatively in mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. it's like we've become accepting of of marriage breakups but not anything else like if they're your family or they're your friend they're with you for life mm-hmm. it's like man I, I don't know about that yeah <laughs> right mm-hmm. and you can spend just as much time with any of those types of relationships as you do with your intimate partner. Yeah. And, the, and, and I think that's really important is to, again, with the inventory pieces, taking a look at the energy that some of these relationships are taking up in your life. Mm-hmm. And do they feel the way you want to feel in your life? Maybe that's fulfilling, deeply connective. Are they helping you grow? Are they helping you feel expanded? Are they helping you feel all that good stuff? And if they're not, can you edit them in some way or do you need to release them in some way? Yeah. And another piece too, I want to make sure listeners are catching on. Like, It doesn't necessarily mean a finite ending mm-hmm. that we're friends or maybe it's your aunt or uncle or whatever. And, and, and now our relationship ceases to exist, but maybe it's just a distance that you need to honor and allow because when we think about the law of motion and in psychology, they use this term a lot, but basically relationships are actually meant to converge and diverge. Mm. And that divergence actually creates space between two people and it makes them want, you know, in some, in some settings to converge back together. When you think about a toddler, I'm like, you know, a street and they are attached to mummy's leg, but then they go off and play for a bit with a toy, but then they come back just to check, connect with you. They need a hug and then they go back out again. So Thinking of it like that, even in, especially in intimate partnership, it's the same thing. So that law of motion, mm-hmm. that ebb and flow needs to happen. And so I would say it's not always the dissolution of relationship, but just allow like what feels natural. So maybe our lives are going in different phases right now. Maybe it's a friendship of yours where you have different interests or someone's dating someone and someone's single. Like your lives are naturally just not going to mesh well. They're not in alignment, but it doesn't mean that you're never going to have hangouts again, or you're never going to become close again. Maybe it's just not right now because your life needs to make space for somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people have black and white thinking. Like if I don't continue maintaining it at this threshold, at this level, it's done. It will dissolve into nothing. Like why, why does it have to be like that? And 
I think too, and this is something that I want to touch on, we'll probably, I feel like this would actually be a good podcast episode to go more into detail about is, you know, when you talk about the toddler example and how we learn attunement through our parents and especially our mothers when we're younger, this is where we learn attachment and where we learn attunement. And this is where attachment styles come from. So if any of you guys have never heard of attachment styles, you know, the way that I like to explain them is you could give like a seesaw example, like when you're on a seesaw and, you know, it goes back and forth, back and forth at the playground. On one side of that is often an anxious attachment. On the other side of that is an avoidant attachment. The goal is that we actually want to feel very securely attached within ourselves, but often I would say probably 95% of us are either anxious or avoidant until we do the work and, and doing the work, you can very easily create a secure attachment within yourself. But what's interesting is that in a lot of relationships, what shows up is somebody who is anxiously attached and somebody who is the avoidant attached style. And it's a balance of energies, right? Because we're always doing a dance with each other. And so this might be a nice little exercise for anyone who's listening is like, look at yourself in your relationships are you anxiously attached? Are you the avoidant attached style? Or do you feel like you're securely attached? And what often happens as well is as we move through our healing journey, this is what happened for me, especially, is that as I started to do the work within myself, as I started to ground my energy within myself, and to, to, to become so much more secure and safe within myself, this changed the dynamic in my relationships. Mm -hmm. Because before that, it was almost like I had created a precondition of those relationships. I showed up as the anxiously attached mm -hmm. style. And so there was always that dance, dance of energy with the other person in that, in most of those relationships. Yeah. Um, and so it was interesting to see that also start to shift. And as I started to step out on my own and into this new path, being in this more secure attached style within myself, sort of in the middle of that spectrum, definitely created a different flow, a different wave in some of my relationships. And that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would, I would suggest anyone who doesn't know a lot about the attachment stuff, I think we'll definitely do a podcast episode on it, but look it up. There's so many books on it. So I think attached was the one that you lent me, but yeah. Wow. <laughs> it, it can be a magnifying glass into the dynamics of your relationships for sure. Yeah. You might not even realize how you're showing up. Right. And, and kind of why certain relationships bring up certain emotions in you, whether that's jealousy or resentment or whatever it is, or feeling smothered. It's, it's all in there. Yeah. It's well, and the cool thing is that as you do start to do the work within yourself and create that secure attachment within yourself, there's so much less of the projecting that happens and you, you start to build this awareness around who you are and, and how you feel about things. And it's like you detach from other people's energy. It's like, and we talked about this with the codependency piece as well. It's all so deeply connected mm -hmm. and it all comes down to really doing the work mm -hmm. within ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, like even an example for me, like I had a girlfriend in my life. She was constant. We both had kids, hung out in the same friendship circles. But just as sort of time went on, we just sort of naturally drifted. Neither one of us, there was no like abrupt ending or any reason for it. It's just our lives went in these different directions. And it was so interesting. And I think why I really do believe the sent sentiment around ebbs and flows and just allowing it and embracing it is that when I started my healing journey, she had also gone through a whole bunch of things that kind of led her onto the same path. And we came back together, you know, mm. even years later, and now we're closer than we actually ever were, even when our friendship had first started. And mm. so, you know, it, maybe if I would have forced that connection, though, mm -hmm. it wouldn't have so naturally and organically come back together. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think so often, 
think of some friendships, like I want to remember them in the positive light that they were like and I'm talking about you know when friendships just kind of begin to dissolve naturally but we want to force it yes and that forcing I think can really create this weird container for that friendship Mm -hmm. right as opposed to just like allowing it to kind of create space that divergence that flowing outward and then when it comes back together it's like you can just kind of pick up where you you know what I mean yeah there's more freedom there for the energy to be either something different or something there's just more freedom for it to be what it wants to be. Yes. Right. Yeah. Versus what it should be, quote unquote. And I think, you know, we, we love Mark Gross. I think everyone knows that. Yeah. He quotes all the time, like, no relationship should be a prison. Mm. And that I think should include friendships as well as family dynamics and obviously marriage too. And mm-hmm. we'll get into that in a minute. But. Yeah. It makes me think about too, I have a really close relationship with a girlfriend as well. I mean, she might even be listening to this. And it was interesting because after I moved out on my own, you know, back in the fall, I really started to go down my own path for a bit. I, I It was almost like I put some blinders on. Um, I became very focused on my business, setting up a schedule with the kids, getting set up on my own. And I did notice that there started to become a lot of distance between us, as I'm sure she probably noticed it as well. I felt like we'd grown really far apart. And as uncomfortable as it was, I, I really wanted to speak my truth about it to her. And, you know, I felt like we hit a bit of a wall, but I realized that we were in different places and that there wasn't a lot that could be done. And as I sat with it a little bit, I really realized that I had to surrender to the process a bit. And I really had to allow space. Like there wasn't a lot that could be forced after I spoke my truth, she received it. She spoke her truth. We kind of, it was interesting. We kind of had a bit of a dead zone where it was like there, we went a bit of a time without, there wasn't really much spoken, didn't know where it was going to go, but I really had to sit with myself. And I think this is what happens when you can create that secure attachment inside yourself is you can sit and you can feel into your own energy, not someone else's. And you can just feel into like, okay, what feels right to me right now? I'm going to just sit with this a little bit and and see how it feels and see what's coming up in me without needing to go into someone else's experience. Yes. And you know, like kudos to you because that takes courage. And I think if you're feeling awkward and you're feeling that misalignment within whatever relationship it is, don't kid yourself. Mm. They feel it too. Yeah. But so often we do this dance where nobody, we just don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And we just continue on in these sort of, almost disconnected surface level relationships that aren't serving either party yeah and I think you know you bring up a really good point there is that you were able to just focus on your experience of it and connect into your body but I think you know and I'm guilty of this in the past too continuing those random like coffee you know meetups again trying to carry their experience thinking they're not going to receive this well they're not going to understand yeah they're already if you're feeling it they're feeling it too yeah I mean and just grounding into what you felt putting it on the table and seeing what happens yeah right because like how did your situation end then well it was interesting because after I sat with it for a while I it was weird I kind of came to some piece of like I'm willing to accept that what happens here happens i I knew deep down, like it wasn't like the end of our friendship, but I knew that we had to kind of find a new flow to what was going on. I was in such a new place in my own life. She was going through her own stuff and, you know, as we all do. And it was like, I I came to this place of acceptance and it was in that acceptance where I also surrendered to what 
was going to be, what was and what was going to be. And we somehow found some new grounding. We, we, we found a new, a new landing to start on. And it was like, we almost kind of started fresh in a way. And, and I can honestly say that in the past little while we've hung out and it's like, we've, we're in a different place. Like we're connecting on a deeper level and we're talking about things that maybe we've never talked about before. And it's no longer just about a friendship that we've had from the past right. with all these memories that we've created for so many years, we're, we're creating new ones. And it's like just this new foundation. It's really, really cool. But I don't think that I could have gotten to this place with her in this friendship if I hadn't allowed myself or maybe even forced myself in a way to kind of come to this acceptance and surrender to the process, Yeah, you know, which is so hard to do because we want to control mm -hmm. and we want to, we want to mold and fix, you know, that's what we're used to doing. That's what I'm used to doing. Mm -hmm. And I think you, like so many people are used to carrying everyone else's emotions and experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think probably the hesitation for you there was this is going to erode something or make her feel bad. Mm -hmm. right? Whereas I think you did surrender to, I'm going to say what I need to say, say what feels good with us and what doesn't. And how great is that? Yeah. That this amazing thing came. And if you would have never said it, you could have just been in the same situation or deterioration. Of, yeah. Again, all those good, happy memories from the past, right? Now you're starting this new chapter and that's amazing. Yeah. And you know what, what you're saying there too also brings up this piece of speaking our truth, right? Like mm -hmm. there is so much value in speaking our truth, not from a place of hurt or, um, projection but but just like here is my experience mm -hmm. and I need to tell you what my experience is yeah. and and I think that also plays such an important part of a foundation in a relationship you have to be able to speak that truth I think if you're not showing up authentically and in alignment with who you are you are not going to feel fulfilled from that relationship mm. in whatever relationship it is friendship family with you know intimately but there is there's something there. There's a block a lot of the time that we just have to face. But, you know, I just think people can't meet you where you need them to meet you if you're not showing up authentically who you are. And that's what you did in that situation, right? It's mm -hmm. like you, you spoke truly and what a great outcome that is, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're at a place now. I, I feel like I haven't been this close with her in a really long time, if ever, maybe. We're just in a different, we're in a different place and it's a really beautiful experience to have. And so... I mean, for anyone out there who is going through maybe your own process and looking at some of your relationships, some of your friendships, trying to figure out what the ebb and flow there is, I guess I would say like, number one, are you speaking your truth? Number two, how accepting are you of the process of the ebb and flow of mm -hmm. what it could be? How honest are you being with yourself? Mm -hmm. And I think the attachment style is a critical piece. Yeah. Yeah, right? I think a lot of the time when we feel relationships beginning to pull away, beginning that natural, maybe flow outward, mm. not to say like the solution, like they're eroding and never going to come back. We begin to get anxious, right? We get jealous of whatever, whoever's now taking up their time. And like, you have to check that. Yeah. That's actually maybe probably most likely not actually about you. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think that's, you know, coming back into the center of that teeter-totter seesaw. So let's go back to this piece. You know, you mentioned the quote with Mark Gross again, love him. Uh, no relationship should be a prison because you and I both have some interesting takes on marriage, obviously, um, <laughs> but very different takes on marriage. So 
Yes, we do. Cringe. <laughs> this isn't exactly the easiest topic to talk about, you know? No, it's not. You know, I think it's funny when we were talking about the things we're going to speak about in this podcast, we were almost putting marriage in, in one box and, and all other relationships in another. Mm. Because, you know, marriage, it sort of feels lawful in a way. We've signed some contract. Mm-hmm. And that is what society has programmed us and conditioned us to believe that mm. we almost reduce our expectations or we create more excuses in those sorts of intimate relationships whether that be just a long-term partnership or marriage because it's like well so much is riding from that Mm. and I think that's actually why it's even more important to keep that ebb and flow piece to ensure that you're speaking your authentic truth to not hide it because there is so much at stake Mm -hmm. because trust me it'll either come out in the wash now or 10 years down the road right Mm. and I think you and I probably both have really good examples of that yeah, you know, it's interesting. I when we you and I were talking about this and and just discussing about this episode and stuff, we actually didn't realize how similar but different our experience were. Like they they're just it's so it'll be interesting to kind of talk about this year, but for me, I found that throughout early motherhood and my healing journey, through reflection and through really sitting with some of these pieces, you know, I've mentioned many times that being married to Brad, he is an amazing man. He really is. And he is a great father. And he, for who we were when we met, it could not have been more perfect in my life. But as I started to sit with some of the pieces, there there were times, again, through early motherhood and my healing journey, through the, the deepest, darkest pieces of my anxiety, through the deepest, darkest pieces of those early days of newborn life, which we do not talk about enough. There were some freaking scary, scary days there when you have no sleep, when you like so sleep deprived, you're if for me, it felt like my life was like very much out of control. And, you know, I could explain to him what I was going through, but he didn't get it. And I can now see that in those moments, you know, so funny, you and I were talking, we listened to this episode recently about how there are like these micro moments in relationships. It's like, what do they call the paper cuts? where it's not actually the big, the big moments that create the demise of a marriage or a relationship. It's actually the paper cuts. And I can now see that in some of those moments where I felt in my deepest, darkest places, and I was trying to explain my truth or trying to explain my experience. He, he couldn't see it. He couldn't validate it. He tried his best, but he just couldn't. And it was in those moments where it was like a slow erosion of the foundation. And I can see that like, as, as our marriage kind of carried along, I really had to go down this path. I had to, of healing through so many of these different pieces. And as I did that, I think like, and and this is in real time, I'm actually thinking about this right now is that as I started to do that, I really, I think lost trust in our container. I'm just making me a little bit emotional. Like I didn't even think I was going to get emotional, but I think because I tried to explain my experience and he couldn't get it. And so I just kind of stopped. And then I just started to go down my own path and really dig into all my stuff. And really like, it became like almost like a full-time job of like, I of working through all of these pieces. And I, and I stopped, I think trying to really be vulnerable and share it 
because I just didn't think he could hold it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did all the things. We tried doing the love, the five love languages, the date nights, you know, last ditch efforts of marriage counseling. But the truth was that we had just gotten to this place of being so far apart. And I had gotten to this other level of healing and growth and and he was the same and again there is absolutely nothing wrong with that he was the person that I married or that I entered into a relationship with and married and I was not and it's so interesting because now that I think about the example I gave with the friendship and this it, I had to come to a place of acceptance and surrender and it was in that that I realized that there was, I couldn't force or push against anything. I really had to accept that. And back to the other piece of like this old contract, I truly believe that we fulfilled our contract, mm-hmm. that we did what we were meant to do on a soul level. And, you know, I think for both of you and knowing you and, and seeing like how you guys have handled this end of this contract, like, honestly, you've done a beautiful job, mm-hmm. right? But like, how hard is that? <sighs> And I think so many people, though, again, I am not saying, oh, if things get tough, you just like, you know, shred up those papers, yeah. like, all those things. Like, that's not what I'm saying here. But life is so short that if you realize, like, hey, I'm going this way and you're going that way, and both of our directions and paths are, are right, but like we are holding each other down here. Like, neither of us can go and fully explore. And, and maybe, you had more courage to really say that because there's a lot of people who maybe would feel that, but just stay in anyway, stay in that container, stay in that prison. I'm not saying your marriage is a prison, but I'm just saying like you feel shackled to it because it's been so many years or mm-hmm. that you're married or there's kids or all of that. But And the societal expectations and, and what are people going to think? And oh, it just and there wasn't a major trauma. No, it's the thousand cuts. But those are normal. We just work our way through those. But I think you did everything you could. And mm-hmm. it's very interesting, these two examples of a really good friendship and your marriage. And, you know, I'm not saying in your marriage, but but kind of, yeah, I guess I am. Like you said your truth and that person couldn't like necessarily rise to meet that or it couldn't keep flowing in the direction it was. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's fucking hard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, you know how long I sat with all of it for and just every single day and I did my due diligence, (laughs) but I think that, and this is what's coming through as well, is if we don't allow ourselves to sit and, and, and find some sort of acceptance and surrender in it, this is again, you know, we did the the episode on rock bottom. This is when we force and we push and we find ourselves in these places of so much pain and suffering because we're trying to, I'm almost getting this visual of like fitting a square peg in a, in a, What's that saying? In a circle. In yeah. a circle. Yeah. Well, and what would have happened there if you would have stayed is you would have rooted like resentment. Mm. Because if one person's going one direction and the other person's not coming, that tether only stretches so far, mm-hmm. right? Before it snaps. And then what kind of environment are you creating for yourself and that other person? And the kids. I don't, I don't think love and happiness brood in an area where you're walking opposite paths. Yeah. And I'm not saying again that either one is different is is bad mm-hmm. they're just different yeah. and I really do feel that whether that's in close friendship or in an intimate partnership again you're different people you have different life interests but there's something about like your growth as like a soul and as a human being if you're not kind of going in the same sort of trajectory in the mm-hmm. same growth area you're 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 not aligned yeah. and that's okay mm-hmm. and I think we have to begin accepting that 
Yeah. Like the visual I get is like, you have to be on the same wave, right? Yes. To have the ebb and flow, you have to be on the same wave or maybe on the same surfboard riding the wave. Maybe not the same surfboard, but yeah. Yeah, You know, and I don't know if we were on the same wave anymore. In fact, I know we weren't on the same wave anymore and that's okay. Yes. Yeah. And I've been able to come to a lot of peace with it, you know? Yeah. You know, I think for me, like my marriage story is obviously different and you know actually has some big traumas layered in it but also interesting that our our paths were different Mm -hmm. you and Brad chose to separate and that was the best decision for you guys and Tori and I despite a number of paper cuts and big trauma actually converged together and I think again it's not a black and white approach when marriage gets bad everyone just cuts the cord and says no Mm -hmm. I really do feel that it's all about the purpose that person is supposed to play in your life Mm. right Mm -hmm. and so you know for for me like I've been asked multiple times I literally don't want to stop counting how could I stay how could I stay after my husband's affair it's funny because I went my whole life saying if anyone ever cheated on me done no questions asked Mm -hmm. I'd throw their shit on the lawn Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're out of here you're out of here (laughs) And it's just interesting that when this all happened, like it was just, it was never a path that really crossed my mind. Mm. And I, I really do feel like deep in my soul that like our journey together is not done. I think that's why we chose each other. We are very aligned. You know, we have very deep conversations. We're compatible. There's a lot of alignment there. And, you know, a lot of people think that it was this big trauma that's the focus of our marriage right now. But trust me, like, if you think of like marriage, like a building, we were hanging on by a straw. Mm-hmm. There were a thousand cuts already. That was just the final blow. And like, as I sat there in the rubble of our relationship, I realized like, well, this is either like the end or it's a completely new beginning. And like you, I sort of laid my truth. Yeah, there's still a lot of emotional healing and stuff that's going on from that. But in the larger scheme of our marriage and are we are we partners are we doing this yes we all make mistakes whatever it is but here's the here's the path I'm going down now because mm-hmm. this has shown me so much of like where I need to heal in my life my boundaries forgiveness my past trauma my childhood all of that and surprisingly I was a bit surprised Tori rose to that challenge. So we are now healing as individuals mm-hmm. and as a couple, mm-hmm. right? And like, I am not forcing him. If there is ever a day where he says, you know what, like I've done what I've done and I'm happy at this place. And if I'm going in a completely different direction still and I'm feeling like he's not meeting me where I'm at, okay, then maybe that's the end of the contract. Like, mm-hmm. and I've been very clear about that. But it's just so interesting that in this huge wave of trauma, it's really changed our trajectory because I think even without the trauma, we would have gotten to a really bad place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really interesting because I, I, I think a lot, like if I could go back in time and change one thing in my life, would I change that? And I don't think I would. I think that it's part of our soul contract together. A hundred percent. Do I, do I wish that upon anyone? Do I wish, did I wish that upon myself? Yeah. I hope not. But there was a huge lesson that was learned in that. Oh, it was the catalyst. Exactly. That that essentially forced both of you head on. Inward. Inward. Yeah. It's it's really interesting too. I I did this breathwork session and I feel like super vulnerable sharing this, but whatever. I like 
saw like in like this vision like whether it was just like oxygen being depleted from my brain but like our souls and his being so emotional and saying like we agreed to this Mm. and again I'm not excusing anyone for toxic behavior and actions we are all in control of our destiny and the decisions we make but I do agree and if you don't know enough about it read up on it um, about like you know we're spiritual beings having this human experience and I don't, I needed something like that to happen in my life for me to really go inward, just as an individual to heal myself on stuff almost completely unrelated to our marriage. Yeah. So in a way, I don't think I, I would take it back yeah. as like crazy as that sounds. Yeah. And as a side note, I love hearing that you had that experience because this is why I just love so much about spirituality. It, it literally saved me in so many pieces in my journey because I would get these pieces too when it came to I've talked about this a little bit with the early stages of motherhood and, you know, I don't feel like I showed up. I've come to a place now of peace around a lot of this, but I used to not feel like I did a good job as a new mom. And it wasn't until I dove into the spiritual piece and realized that Max and I, Zoe and I, we signed these soul contracts Mm -hmm. and we agreed to these things. And it allowed me to take a little bit of pressure and see that, you know, we're all on our own journeys. And that we're all catalysts for each other in different ways, similar to you and Tori, you know, and again, not, not, not to excuse some of the mistakes that we make, but, but see them as opportunities for growth Mm -hmm. and expansion. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think the whole piece and the foundation of this understanding that relationships are naturally meant to ebb and flow. And if we don't allow that and embrace it Mm -hmm. or speak our truth, when we're feeling that disconnect and we want it to come back together like you're missing out on the lessons, the next level your relationship could go to Mm -hmm. you and your friendship, me and my marriage. If you're feeling like you're trying to shove that square peg in that circle, figure out why. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you clinging to so tightly? I think taking inventory of relationships and really understanding why are you showing up the way you are? What are you, why are you not speaking your truth the way you should be? Mm -hmm. What are you you scared of losing? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, always so helpful to try to ground back into your energy and focus on securely coming back into yourself. And that's where, you know, like you said, you do that inventory, you figure out what's going on in your relationships. Maybe there needs to be some truth spoken. Maybe there needs to be some acceptance Mm -hmm. and letting go, Mm -hmm. not letting go that the relationship is over, but maybe letting go of expectations Mm -hmm. or letting go of other pieces. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just think it's so important to remember you only have so much energy, time, all of that. And so some relationships aren't serving you right now and you've spoken your truth or you've put in the effort. Maybe allow some space. Mm. Space is okay. Like mm. it doesn't have to be the end of something, you know? Maybe something else new will come or maybe that person will say, wow, thank you for that space. It allowed me to reflect and now I'm coming back and we create this whole new mm-hmm. relationship, right? Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, the piece of today is allow the natural ebb and flow. Yeah, it's not always easy. (laughs) It's never easy, I feel like. But okay, well, thank you for listening, everybody. This is really special because Tess is down in the lower mainland right now. And so we got to actually do an in-person episode. But yeah, thanks everybody for listening. You guys can connect with us on social media if you are wanting to chat more. You can find Tess on TikTok and Instagram at her unearthed and you can find myself christina on tiktok and instagram at christina.soulempowered thanks everybody have a great day